0: Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam 5, text number 20. Yadritchcaya kittam tattrā Tadāśya prāma at ayantim. Sata Nayakai, Sayaka Sora Nayakai, Kedrichthaya Gitam Tatra, Kedrichthaya Prama Dotamam, Kedrasya Yadrichaya. Yadrichaya. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. <coughs> All a sudden without engagement. All of a sudden, without engagement. Agatam. Agatam. Arrived. Arrived. There. There. Tadasha. Tadasha. He saw. He saw. Pramada. One woman. One woman. Putamam. Very beautiful. beautiful. Richai, surrounded by servants. servants. Dasadi, ten. Ten, ten. Ayantim, Ayantim. Coming, forward. coming forward. Eka eka, eka, eka. Echa. Echa. each one of them. them. Shatta, of, of hundreds. Nayakai, Nayakai. Nayakai. the leaders. While wandering here and there in that wonderful garden, King Puranjana suddenly came in contact with a very beautiful woman who was walking there without any engagement. She had ten servants with her, and each servant had hundreds of wives accompanying him. By his divine grace, a. C Dr. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. <coughs> the body has already been compared to a beautiful garden. During youth, the sex impulse is awakened and the intelligence, according to one's imagination, is prone to contact the opposite sex. In youth, A man or woman is in search of the opposite sex by intelligence or imagination, if not directly. The intelligence influences the mind and the mind controls the ten senses. Five of these senses gather knowledge and five work directly. Each sense has many desires to be fulfilled. This is the position of the body and the owner of the body, Puranjana, who is within the body. So we're discussing this. Logical story composed by Narada Muni, uh, which discusses the uh, spirit soul, the eternal spirit soul, embodied in a material body, and how uh, we, the spirit souls, become entrapped. Uh, in material existence, and thereby become entangled uh, and forced to take body after body. So this is this is the analogy of King Paranjana, one who is embodied. So, uh, and here, uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, describes uh, at the end of this purport. He says. This is the position of the body and the owner of the body, Puranjana, who is within the body. So, uh, this uh, knowledge is uh, nicely elaborated. Again, in the Bhagavad Gita it's still a summary because uh, it's a very detailed knowledge, but the summary is quite a, a complete summary. And uh, in the 13th chapter, uh, uh, chapter 24, Krishna says this, so the 13th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, verse 24, Yadivam viti puruṣaṁ prakācīn cāgu vata sāvatā One who understands this philosophy concerning material nature, the living entity, and the interaction of the modes of nature is sure to attain liberation. He will not take birth here again regardless of his present position. But clear understanding of material nature the super soul the individual soul and their interrelation makes one eligible to become liberated and turn to the spiritual atmosphere without being forced to return to this material nature this is the result of knowledge the purpose of knowledge is to understand distinctly that the living entity has, by chance, fallen into this material existence. By his personal endeavour in association with with authorities, saintly persons and the spiritual master, he has to understand his position and then revert to spiritual consciousness or Krishna consciousness by understanding Bhagavad Gita as it is explained by the personality of Godhead. Then it is certain he will never come again into this material existence. He will be transferred into the spiritual world for a blissful, eternal life of knowledge. A very nice uh, report there to that Bhagavad Gita 1324. And so, Srila uh, Prabhupada uh, does emphasize that well to put it in his own words that you know, philosophy is not meant for armchair speculators so um, actually even since the time of um, uh, you know the thousands of years going back in ancient Rome uh, philosophers um, uh, in those days ancient Rome they, they would like to drink wine and sit and discuss philosophy and the idea was to... I think they used to drink in um, cups made of um, amethyst. Because it was said that if you drink in an amethyst cup, you don't get intoxicated, right? <laughs> You've heard that. Yeah. So they had, there was a whole science to how to drink as much wine, more wine than the other philosophers, not get drunk and talk great philosophy. <laughs> Have a good time like that. And actually, to this day, uh, that actually, um, you know, that that process is still going on. uh, There's there's a person I know, um, when I first met him, I met him um, at his birthday party. He was so intoxicated, he was like a crazy madman. That was my first (coughs) introduction. So then I asked him what he did and he's a professor uh, at the university and he was given uh, like a $20,000 grant to you know present and expand different philosophies and teach that to his students and of course I could see that he was spending some of that on his birthday party. (coughs) But you know this is very common. So, um, but actually philosophy, uh, as Prabhupada says that, one who has perfect knowledge, they're liberated. If someone is not liberated, they're still in ignorance. So... You know, it just sums up that <laughs> everything quite clearly. There, Sri <clears throat> Prabhupada uh, has that ability to you know, take the essence and just cut through all the nonsense. So, <clears throat> uh, one is not liberated. Uh, one should understand uh, that basically, one is a rascal. That's, that's, and, and this is uh, according to the Bhagavad Gita. Liberated means that somehow or another one has understood that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, everything is emanating from him and one surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And if one is uh, does not surrender unto the Personality of Godhead, they're either mudha, rascal, lowest among the mankind, the knowledge is stolen by illusion, or they're just an out-and-out demon. So... So here we're studying this um, uh, knowledge uh, and and as as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that by understanding this knowledge uh, he will not take birth again here regardless of his present position. So this is the purpose for us uh, hearing uh, this knowledge. Uh, here we see how the spirit soul um, contacts the material uh, uh, intelligence. So from there uh, a big mistake happens. So we understand that um, in most things once you make a mistake everything you do after that point just expands that mistake right? it just compounds that mistake if, you, if you're doing mathematics and you add up the 2 and 2 equals 5 and then you multiply that by 3 subtract 4 subtract 4 it yeah. doesn't matter what you do you know, being an astrologer, it's, I've learnt this the hard way, um, because I had to learn the Vedic um, maths through the Indian books. Indian books are not very well edited, so sometimes what they do is instead of putting the decimal place in the right spot, they move it here or there. So I'm trying to learn mathematics. Right? So sometimes I'd spend hours. Hours, I just, you know, it just doesn't work, you know. And then I realise they've put the decimal place, just an editorial mistake, in the wrong spot, and then when I move it back, it all falls in place. So, (laughs) from the, um, so literally, I had to edit the books to work out that. So uh, here we're doing some editing. We're editing our life to work out where the original mistake uh, was made, and this is this is this point we're at. So it's quite you know, quite crucial information. So <clears throat> the uh, you know according to the Bhagavad Gita, and it says, "One who understands the soul, the super soul, of course." The Supreme Lord is actually the uh, supreme enjoyer, uh, the the supreme controller, the supreme proprietor, uh, the owner. Uh, So we've discussed this, that within the body there are two souls. There is the supreme soul and the individual soul. The mistake is here where the spirit soul becomes attracted to the material intelligence which is uh, um, going to facilitate the misunderstanding that we can somehow enjoy the material nature independently. So, um, but actually according to the Bhagavad Gita, the actual enjoyer this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead And the spirit soul, who is the uh, you know part an eternal uh, you know atomic particle, uh, spiritual particle, spiritual person, enjoys in by assisting or cooperating with the supreme Lord to enjoy. So uh, there's a in the I think it's the heat of the desh, There's the story, the children have probably done this play, I don't know, they probably know it if I tell it. I've done this play many times, uh, where you have the stomach and the five senses. Has anyone seen that play? So we used to dress up, you know, we'd make our cardboard and one is, you know, the eyes, so the five senses... Uh, for enjoying uh, form, beautiful forms. Uh, for touch, uh, for you know, beautiful sounds. So we we've, we've heard in these descriptions how Paranjana, the, the the body is compared to this beautiful garden, where all the five senses for enjoyment you know. Uh, you know, there's an allurement of all the five senses for enjoying the the objects of the senses by the senses of the body. So, you know, we enjoy beautiful form, you know, pleasing touches. Uh, So, you know, we we saw in the previous verse, you know, the body was compared to an atmosphere uh, where there's beautiful trees and the banks of rivers and there's being there's water particles being carried by the spring air uh, and uh, coming down the mountain and there's birds uh, making beautiful sounds so you know the different sounds represent the objects for uh, you know hearing the beautiful sight of the trees blowing in the wind and the and the lakes and all the different varieties of animals represent the you know the Form enjoying beautiful form, and uh, the water droplets uh, coming from the waterfalls represent taste, and um, the um, the breeze itself represents enjoying touch. And um, uh, to leave anything out should be five there. So in this way, uh, the. The five senses of the body. So in this play, you you, you dress up as the five senses and then someone dresses up as the stomach. So what happens in this story is that the five senses decide we're going on strike. So this is a familiar theme in this world. People love striking they're striking in Hong Kong. They're striking in Melbourne. They're striking in Europe. so the senses, uh, you know, go on strike. Why is the stomach the enjoyer, and we're doing everything for him? We want equal rights. We just want to, you know, there's the goal of German. We demand, you know, it's ours. So. What happens is, you know, every time there's some nice food or, you know, the different uh, objects for the, uh, uh, you know, to enjoy. Instead of giving it to the stomach, they keep it for themselves. So, you know, the eye is looking at the gulab jamun. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's mine. <laughs> you know, and they're trying to touch. And, but actually, after some time, they all start to become weak. And then they all gradually pass out and fall on the floor. And uh, then, you know, in the play, the devotee comes in and they ask him, oh, you know, we don't understand what is happening. Oh, you're supposed to work in cooperation with the stomach. So actually, uh, you know, so Prabhupada you know, gives the example that, you know, if you pick up the, the gula jaman, the rasa-gula, you know, you, the, the hand cannot enjoy independently of the stomach. But by uh, taking that gulab jaman, the gula, placing in the mouth, goes to the stomach, then the hand actually enjoys, becomes fully nourished and all the different parts of the body feel completely satisfied. So, the Gita teaches us that our enjoyment is like that. It's not that we're not enjoyers, because... Um the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the Purush. We uh, we have all the same qualities as the personality of Godhead. Actually, one of the first mantras that a child hears after birth is the name-giving ceremony, and in that name-giving ceremony, you you know you ask the father. You speak the name of the child into their ear and tell them that you are immortal and have the same qualities as God. That's the first thing a child hears. So we are also purush in that sense. We're a person who seeks out enjoyment or pleasure. uh, In that sense. But because our constitutional position is primarily prakriti that which is enjoyed by the personality of Godhead we enjoy by by uh, as the Lord enjoys our uh, you know service bhakti our love, we enjoy in reciprocation with the Lord in that way So this is and so the mistake is is to uh, not understand our position as we're eternal, we're Prakriti, that which is enjoyable for the personality of Godhead, but in that cooperative spirit, we actually enjoy automatically without separate endeavour. Uh, so that is the mistake. But here, uh, th- this, this particular verse, that here Paranjana, he sees... Uh, something that appears to be more attractive than that. Here is this beautiful woman. So, of course, um, you know, as Prabhupada explains, uh, that um, in youth, a man or a woman is in search of the opposite sex by intelligence or imagination, if not directly. So, um, whether one is a man trying to enjoy... The opposite sex, or one is a woman trying to enjoy the opposite sex, they're both purusha. They're both purusha. Anyone who tries to enjoy the material energy, they're both purusha. And it doesn't matter whether you consider the third sex, which is of so many different varieties. Anyone who tries to enjoy the partner... Uh, one is the enjoyer, predominantly. You find in any relationship, in any relationship, one is you know more predominant as the enjoyer, and the other is more receptive as the enjoyer. It doesn't matter what relationship, how you name it, uh, but uh, that is always there. And so, the uh, for everyone, uh, so it's not you know gender based this philosophy. You have to understand the. Male factor simply means the person trying to enjoy what is enjoyable and in any relationship that exists. So this is the beauty of this philosophy is that people get very confused. Oh, what about this sex? What about that sex? No, same philosophy. You don't have to change the philosophy. It applies to everyone. So, uh, so this uh, here, the purangina, the spirit soul, comes in contact, and it says here that uh, he suddenly came in contact uh, with a very beautiful woman, uh, indicating that in every you know in human life uh, and in every species of life. There comes a particular time where, um, by providence, one becomes, uh, you know, the the body changes to such a point that one becomes attracted to uh, one's mate, to look, search for a mate, uh, to enjoy uh, the reproductive process, at that, which we commonly call sex. So, Uh, so it's all, so in one sense it's um, it's not premeditated but it's somewhat providential. It's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, so, you know, therefore Prabhupada mentioned previously that children, you know, at a certain age there's no sex attraction. They look at the yep, sex doesn't do anything mm-hmm. They're just you know, generally, you know, a boy a boy would look at a girl, and they'll just think, oh, you know, they're not much fun to play with. <laughs> you know, you know they play with the boys, climb and trees. They just avoid them. <laughs> you know, they want to play a different game. You know, there's no there's no the attractions, not there. but at a certain stage, you know, things change because of the body, and at that stage. This, this here, where the intelligence comes in, in the form of the enjoyable, you know, so we're speaking in terms of the beautiful woman, or that which is enjoy. And um regretting. She's without any engagement. That will come later. But she's looking for engagement. She's looking for activity. That becomes described. Here it describes she she has ten servants with her, and each there are the ten different senses, and each servant has hundreds of wives accompanying him, so many different desires to be fulfilled by all the different uh, senses. So um, (coughs) now at this point, of course, if as, as the story unfolds, we see that what will happen is that Puranjana, the spirit soul, will become in his attempt to enjoy the material intelligence that controls the ten senses to uh, interact with the objects of senses for enjoyment. In fact, he wants to take the position of the enjoyer but ends up becoming a servant of the, the, the queen, the beautiful woman, with the with uh, servants, the censors, and the hundreds and hundreds of uh, attendants that follow. So uh, if one tries to... Our natural position is to be the servant. So, we either serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead and in cooperation we enjoy it. If we don't serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then we serve the material energy. But when we serve the material energy, with uh, serving millions, of unlimited desires, and you know, count uh, 8,400,000 different bodies. Our enjoyment is basically imagination or dream life because really what we're tasting again and again is birth, death, old age, and disease uh, in in so many different varieties. (coughs) Trouble is that uh, generally, uh, you know, people do not actually accept one. that there is a spirit soul. and of course, if people cannot understand the spirit soul, they cannot understand the personality of Godhead. The first step in understanding that there exists a supreme proprietor, a supreme controller, the personality of Godhead, is to understand our own spiritual nature. And, and uh, if, we, if we cannot understand that, we, we don't go any further. Understand, therefore, from the very beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, the nature it has been described, that those who see of the truth, they, they conclude it. The nature of the soul is unchanging. And the nature of the body, it is constantly changing. So they're two different things. They can't be the same thing. You know, one thing never changes it. And one thing's always changing. How can that be the same thing? So uh, the Hinishmanitahe, the soul, you know, uh, the bod- our body has changed so many times from little child uh, and then to old age, gradually death. But we know we're the same person. We never ever change. Um, but the body is continually changing, even scientifically, this is proven. You know, that every you know, 70 years, you know, practically everything in your body is just different, there's just new elements. But we're the same person. So, identifying yourself as an eternal soul, but then the Gita points out that the Supreme Soul has those same spiritual qualities, but where we are conscious, we're saturated and under, we're eternal. We're conscious, a living entity. This is also the nature of uh, the spirit soul, is it's conscious, but the body, there's no consciousness. And we're pleasure-seeking, Ananda. The, the supreme soul has the same such Ananda Vigraha, uh, eternal, conscious, blissful form, but unlimited. So the super soul is conscious in all bodies. So we make that distinction. People cannot understand that, but... If uh, there's a process of knowledge that process of knowledge is actually given in the same uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter text number 13 that um, I'll read that just very quickly Uh, verses uh, 8 to 12 there's a whole list there did I read it? why not? um Verses 8-12, to 13th chapter. Beginning with humility. This, the, all these things are the process of knowledge. How to acquire complete transcendental knowledge. Humility. Begin with there. If we think we know everything, we've got a problem from the very start. <laughs> so we're going to have to learn from someone. Pridelessness. Non-violence. Tolerance. Simplicity. Approaching a bona fide spiritual master. That becomes... the the main approach because as Prabhupada points out, if we approach a bona fide spiritual master and under his guidance practice bhakti, all these other items of knowledge we can practice and and all the good qualities we can practice, they'll come automatically if we don't approach a bona fide spiritual master, none of these things will happen, so he goes on cleanliness, steadiness self-control Renunciation of the objects of sense gratification, as we see here. This is, you know, it's being attracted to that through the material intelligence, that we become entangled, so we have to renounce it to get out of that situation. Absence of false ego, I'm not this body. Uh, the perception of the evil of birth, death, old age, and disease, one body after another, that's the problem. Same problem in all forms of life. Detachment. Freedom from entanglement with children, wife, home and the rest. As you see, the Paranjan is about to become entangled in all these things. Uh, Even-mindedness amid pleasant and unpleasant events. Constant and unalloyed devotion to me. So this bhakti. That is, so under the guidance of the spiritual master, learning bhakti and all other aspects of knowledge will come. Uh, The whole process of knowledge will unfold and all good qualities for acquiring knowledge will come. So, they're the two main things. Uh, uh, Aspiring to live in a solitary place, detachment from the general mass of people. So, we described that previously. You know, don't follow like sheep and goats to your slaughter, life after life. Accepting the importance of self realization and philosophical search for the absolute truth. But we should understand ourselves in relationship to the complete whole or the absolute truth. We can never understand ourselves unless we understand it in relationship to the supreme whole or the absolute truth. All these I declare to be knowledge, and besides this, whatever there may be is ignorance. So, that process, if one takes up that process, uh, then one can actually come to the point. Uh, of uh, understanding uh, the personality of Godhead as the Supreme Enjoyer, the Supreme Proprietor and the Supreme uh, Controller. So, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvakti, the Thakur, Srila Prabhupada, Spiritual Master, he used to say, don't try to act, don't try to work in such a way, you know, with your mind, your intelligence, or your body, or your words, don't try to act in such a way that you can see God. Act in such a way that God will see you. So that is the process of bhakti, that the inconceivable, unlimited here, Krishna is personally presenting himself. Otherwise we would have there is no way that we can ever understand the inconceivable, unlimited absolute truth unless he reveals himself. And Krishna is speaking here in the Bhagavad Gita. But to understand the Bhagavad Gita also, then uh, you know one has to follow that process. If we hear from the representatives of Krishna, we hear Bhagavad Gita from a Bhagavatam. Krishna will allow us to understand him. But if we hear the same Bhagavad Gita, not in a submissive way, from the bona fide. Uh, representative of Krishna, but we speculate on Gita, the Gita will have no value to us. It's a waste of time. So, um, so this is exactly what we're doing here. That process of knowledge is exactly what we're practicing here and by that, actually the Lord reveals himself. And what we understand then is this inconceivable truth. Uh, what does it say? Savam kalabidam brahma. So that everything in existence is Brahman or spirit. So uh, everything uh, within uh, everything within existence basically comes down to energy: right? the book, the table, the body, the soul, everything, the super soul. Everything comes down to energy, and that energy is called Brahma. And Krishna says that he is Param Brahma, or the Supreme uh, Brahman, the origin of the impersonal Brahman, the origin of the super soul, the origin of the individual souls, and the origin of the um, uh, material cosmic manifestation, which is, you know, the material energy is like a, a cloud, uh, a temporary manifestation from which, uh, within the spiritual sky, from which all the material universes uh, appear. It's like, in one sense, a transformation of the uh, Brahma. And that's what, uh, and and this is what we're hearing here. That um, we're studying that everything is spirit, and this whole cosmic manifestation and the living entities, the spirit souls within it are resting upon that Brahman, and, but we are somehow entrapped within these material bodies in this you know, material part of the spiritual sky, instead of actually we have the freedom if we want, we don't have to stay there. If we want, we can actually leave this uh, material, little material cloud within the spiritual sky and go to the spiritual planets and enjoy an eternal blissful life. That's the opportunity that we we'll all have. How to do that? By understanding what is the nature of this Brahman and these bodies and the soul. By understanding that, that helps you to get out. How do we get in? And what is it we're trapped in? And how to get out? That's, that's what we're understanding. And if I can get out of this material cloud and material manifestation, uh, uh, then we go to the um, uh, spiritual abode and enjoy it, the supreme enjoyer. So, uh, you know, through the process of hearing from the representatives of Krishna, practicing Bhakti Yoga, purifying our senses. Now, if we if we understand that everything is Uh, non-different from uh, the Supreme Lord, what we come to understand is is that all our senses are in fact not ours but the absolute truths. That's the point. So if we understand everything is a manifestation ultimately of spirit and that Supreme Spirit is Krishna then basically all our senses are Krishna's. (laughs) That's the point of it. Now that's that's a crucial understanding. So because that's a very crucial understanding. Uh, so so we'll look at that, we'll come back to that thought, but let's look at that. Same chapter, Bhagavad Gita, so much in the Gita and explain this books. Thirteenth um, chapter, Krishna describes, he analyses, you know, what what are these what is the field of activities? So we've discussed that, you know, the know of the field, the body, and what is the field of activities. And Krishna says in verses six and seven, he says, "Mahabutani hankro bodhir abhyakta eva cha indriani daisak cha pancha chandraya guchala itch daisa sukham dukham sangathite na diti etad cetram samasena sa vidkarupu So he describes the end of this verse is in summary all this is considered to be the field of activities and its interactions, so this is what it is the five great, great elements ok I'm going to do a little quiz here what are, the, what are the five great elements earth, water, fire, earth, earth, water, fire ether, ether, ether air. that's right, that's called Mahabhuta uh, false egos also called ahankara. Right? Now, we're working, uh, this understanding in one sense is working from where we are. We're in this body made of earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Where did that come from? There's a very detailed description in the Bhagavatam that these elements manifest from these ahankara. Uh, they actually transform into the earth, water, fire. So we're working back. So, ahankara, ahankara is a stage of the material energy. Uh, Now, (coughs) and then here, the five great elements, false ego, intelligence. Intelligence is called uh, buddhi, sometimes called mahatattva. So again, we're talking about the material energy, we're going from the gross aspects of the material energy, we're going to get back, back to subtle, back to Brahman. The five gross elements, they're actually manifesting from the Ahankara, which is a stage of the material energy in ignorance. Especially, uh, you know, uh, there's a strong aspect of Tama, Guna. Previous to that is the Mahatattva, which has more Rajasic, uh, element and <clears throat> it's sometimes called the buddhi or it's uh, you know where our material conceptions uh, uh, material intelligence or material conceptions so that that mahatattva stage of the material energy is the cause of the ahankara, false ego stage of the material energy from which the five great elements come now, previous to the mahatattva which is called buddhi, you get avyakta or prakriti or Pradhan, the same thing. And which, again, which is the cause of those other things. Uh, and that is the material nature, where the modes of material nature are unmanifested. it's uh, more satvi. As the modes become more robustic, we get the uh, no, Mahatattva and more tamasic, we get the ahankara, and then gradually we get the jupanamas. So, so this body, keep in mind that this body, which is is a product uh, of everything in total, in its subtle way, right down to the gross manifestation, they're all included to make this body. Uh, So, you're taking from uh, you know. The substance, which always remains in its subtle, uh, you know, most subtle form, and the gross forms, they're all, they're all actually there within the body. The subtle aspect of the material nature and its gross manifestation, they're all complete within the body. And then it says, uh, then we get uh, the ten senses in the mind. So we've got ten senses, you've got ten senses for, five senses for acquiring knowledge. What is that? Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, skin? Very good. Five senses <laughs> for working. What is that? Hands, legs, voice, anus, gentle. Very good. I'm just trying to shortcut. So and then the eleventh sense, which is more internal, is the mind. mind. That's it. <coughs> so and then we have five sense objects which are enjoyed by the senses. What are they? Sound, touch, form, taste, smell. Exactly. Right? Now, there's 24 there. Anyone counting? There's 20. Make sure you do your maths right. On mistake, I've got a problem. 24 elements there. And then, if we take the aggregate, it ends up as a material body. Right? Now, he goes on to say that then there are the life symptoms and convictions. Right? Now, when we say the life symptoms... this is called um, that, you know, these elements are mixing and he gives examples of these. Uh, That um, if we take the five great elements, the the body, then the symptoms is you get desire, it's ichi dvesha or desire and hatred. So in summer, of it gets too hot and it touches your senses or fire, you get hatred. You know, you get a nice cooling breeze. Oh yes, more oh, of that. Yeah, turn the fan on, like that. That's the interactions related to the gross material body. The interactions related to the subtle body are described as and uh, or you know the symptoms of knowledge and thinking. In different ways, so you understand. Well, here is a living being. Uh, How's that? Well, the symptoms of life are there. There's thinking. You know, even the tree. You see a tree. You know, the symptoms of life there. It wants to move where it gets more sunshine. So many different things, and and you know the different convictions. So those things they're part of the um, twenty-four elements, but they show that you know the uh, the the, uh, how the. Um, you know the interactions that are manifest uh, you know in those uh, elements and then now basically that is the body that is the field of activity and all bodies undergo six transformations they appear with birth they stay for some time they reproduce they dwindle they they the byproducts no, what Growth, yes, this growth. So six. And they gradually dwindle and vanish of that. So that is the field of activities which is different from the soul because the soul doesn't get undergo the soul is changeless. So therefore we should identify ourselves, the living entity, as the soul and not the field of activities. So here we understand this field of activities, and if we look at that, we come back to that point. What do we see there? The Lord's material energy has manifested all our senses and the objects of the senses. It's all His. What am I doing, being a thief, trying to enjoy it? <laughs> and this is the, this is the beginning of liberation. It's because you know uh, uh, I'm you know wrongly seeing myself as the, as the I'm identifying myself as a field of activities or, you know, the, the enjoy of the fear of it. Either way, I'm wrong. And therefore, you know, I've caused problem, I've, I've caused a difficulty for myself. So, these things can be understood by bhakti, just as we're doing now. By hearing from Krishna, that's bhakti. So we're doing bhakti now. Very easy. You hear bhakti, and then Krishna will help. You hear from someone else, you not understand because they don't understand. You actually have to hear from someone who at least understands, as that's Krishna, Prabhupada. So, so then we get back to this point here, give a couple of minutes to summarize that uh, actually all the senses and the objects of the senses are not different from the Lord's own energies originally we get back to the subtle material energy, which is like a, uh, a reflection of the spiritual energy. It's like a shadow of the spiritual energy and we understand that we should be trying to get back to the uh, outer material energy and into the uh, uh, spiritual energy where there are spiritual planets. If there is variety within the reflection, there must be variety within the actual reality. If this material world, which is a reflection of the spiritual reality, is full of variety, there must be that variety in the spiritual world. So don't be like the jackal. You know, the jackal trying to get the grapes and keep jumping to get the grapes, and they couldn't get the grapes. And so the jackal says, Oh, they must be sour anyway, and walks away. <coughs> so that is the impersons, you know, in the Mayabhajas. Don't be like the jackal. You know, it's there. The grapes are there. We offer them to the Krishna, we can eat the Pushada. So, so, therefore, we've got to turn our mentality that we shouldn't be like Ravana. He wants to enjoy the energy of God or the property of God, symbolized by Sikta, Jimine. But all he can actually enjoy is the false Sikta. Because, uh, you know, Ravana never actually got the real Sita. He only got the false Sita. And therefore there was a false happiness. And by trying to enjoy the property of God, he brought destruction upon himself and his entire dynasty. And this is the lesson we learn from the Ramad. So we shouldn't be like that. So, therefore, a very basic uh, Verse, I mean they're all basic but they're all very powerful. If you understand one, you understand one of these verses properly, Prabhupada says you'll go back to Godhead. So just pick one, try and understand <laughs> That's a fact. I think one time Prabhupada said if you understand one word properly, <laughs> you know, you will understand it, everything. You just gotta understand, you know, one part of the Gita properly. Because that means you have to understand in context. a little trick to that. But anyway, here it says 334: Indriyas yendriyasya te tayav There are principles to regulate attachment and aversion. And as we said, attachment and aversion are. Symptoms that we're on the platform of identifying with the identifying with the body, the field of activities. If attachment and aversion are there, we're not on the spiritual platform. We're on the platform of identifying with the field of activities. Uh, and but to regulate that, uh, there, there are principles. One should not come under the control of such attachment and aversion because they are stumbling blocks on the path of self-realization. And this is the big mistake the Puranjana is about to make, <laughs> in the form of the beautiful intelligence with the senses already to enjoy the objects of the senses according to one's attachment and aversion. So now, uh, so the process of bhakti, not only by the process of bhakti does it. Does Krishna reveal Himself and reveal uh, help us to understand the Gita and our position? But the process of bhakti also regulates our senses, our mind and senses, engages uh, engages all the senses, so they're not, you know, we're not climbing up the wall going crazy, and gives us a higher taste by which we have the strength to, you know, the spiritual strength to follow the path of self-realization and success. So it's all within that process of bhakti. And we see here that Prabhupada gives this example, just as a final example for your walkout. Arjun, and this is the story of the Bhagavad Gita, that in the very beginning, Arjuna was considering my senses, just like Puranjana. My senses are meant for my enjoyment and the enjoyment of my friends and family. And he was thinking in those terms, and as you see with Paranjna, gradually, because you know that uh, the nature of enjoyment is we tend to enjoy, you know, as as Prabhupada says, honesty amongst thieves. You know, someone steals something, and they, you know, divide it equally for everyone's enjoyment. You know, so that's how we enjoy in the material world. So Arjuna was thinking like that, and um, then he understood actually everything including my senses, belong to Krishna and that I must, if I engage my senses in the service of the proprietor of the senses, Krishna, the Supreme Lord will be uh, um, very blissful and I will be blissful in cooperation with the blissful activities of the Lord. So the same teachings of the Gita is the same thing we're hearing here and in, in this story, and these are, so very nicely described in the Bhagavad Gita, and this this story here is you know, expanding those teachings. And, and of course, we see that taking that principle of Arjuna, we we can take the principles from Ambarish Maharaj, who engaged all of his senses, so. You know, he'd engage his eyes and looking at the beautiful form of the Lord. His head bowing down. We can engage all our senses unlimitedly in the blissful activities of the Krishna consciousness like that. So I'll just leave it there. If anyone has any questions or comments, like that. All good joy. Excellent. All right. No doubts? No challenge? No? No. <laughs> Looking forward to the next chapter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the uh, the, the, the senses, but then we also have a desire coming kind from, of, um, you know, you said the material nature, everything comes to Krishna's senses, and everything to Krishna. Yes. So then we are independent. Individual need independence is there. Yes. There are hundreds and hundreds of of to the senses. Yeah. So that is explained here in the same chapter, thirteen 13th chapter. It's amazing what you find in them. Yeah. Uh, but, um, in verse 22, he says, Purusha prakati sto hi abhunte prakati the living entity in material nature thus follows the ways of life, enjoying the three modes of nature. This is due to his association with material nature, thus, he meets with good and evil among various species. So, if we associate with the material energy in a particular mode like in tamas, rajas or sattva, our desires will be spring forth according to what we're associated with. So if we associate with people or foods in tamas, you know if you associate with drunkards, you become a drunkard, you know, and, and um, uh, you know you associate with people who eat meat, even vegetarians you start eating meat again, you know? but, uh, um, so the particular, uh, when we associate with the material modes of nature, we literally infect ourselves with material disease or material desires and then that must produce our next body. So once you infect a, a, a disease, you must suffer that disease. Once you infect the modes of material nature, we must suffer the result of associating with those modes of nature. It produces desires, so that cannot be changed. Those modes are always present. Therefore, Prabhupada says, you know, when he was in India, you know, he, he saw that uh, there were people laying on the streets, the loafers, do nothing like that, lazy. He went back 30 years later. Uh, uh, I think uh, he went to some particular city or something, and then he went back 30 years later. He said, there's still people. Is it because the modes are there? They'll always be there. But don't you be the person who associates with those modes? Then you become laying on the street. But those modes are always there. So, <clears throat> by hearing, by associating with spiritualists, what happens is gradually the modes of material nature, the tamas reduces, then one may be more predominantly in Rajas and then that disappears and then one becomes more predominantly in sattva. There is control of the mind and the senses and one, you know, enjoys uh, understanding this knowledge to be able to serve Krishna properly on the liberated platform. And then by associating with devotees and associating with Krishna and associating with the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra uh, and the Prasadam, all one senses and one desire, one's desires become spiritualized. Then we have unlimited, you know, we can have unlimited spiritual desires, but they're all spiritual. So it's the association. Uh, and therefore, Prabhupada established this international society for Krishna consciousness so people could associate with Krishna and hear the Bhagavad Gita, hear the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, dance with the devotees, feast with the devotees. And by that association, their spiritual desires, you know, increase, and the material desires uh, disappear. With that, mm. but if we associate, and, and this is the, you know, so we're hearing this story of Puranjana. So, as devotees, we must always be careful. Here, you know, we see that Puranjana by chance, you know, which means that we've explained that. When we come of a certain age, naturally the body changes. We didn't mean to, but we start thinking of the opposite sex in different ways, like an enjoyable object. But also, sometimes as a devotee, we're going about our business serving Krishna, and somehow or another, you know, we, you know, inadvertently come across the objects of the senses, and it attracts us, and we. Follow this path of Puranjana you know, and become a bit entangled, and and, and you know, develop material desires and, and what have you. Uh, but by the association, usually we're pulled out of that. <laughs> I'll tell an interesting story. A little bit embarrassing, but, uh, you know, because before I was a devotee, I was somewhat of a hippie. just to love my music and what have you. And um, you know, one, one time I, was, uh, I I was I was doing sankirtan on the streets. And uh, I walked past. A, I was going past some shops, and in the shops they had a TV, and then there was the speakers, and shut, there was a, a David Bowie concert. Right? So, I was a very young to Anyway, I stopped for a second to li- look. Oh, David Bowie! You know, so I just of course the material, and, uh, you know, intelligence comes in. You know, I wonder what the next song is. You know, <laughs> I watched the whole concert. You know, I stood on the street. <laughs> I thought, my God, you know, I've wasted wasted all this time. How do I get so entangled and lose all that time? So, you know, and then oh my God, you know, you know, I've, you just become attracted again, you know, these things just pop up in your heart. And uh, so anyway, I went back to the temple and I was really lamenting. I wish I hadn't done that. You know, it was quite repentant. And I thought, you know, so then I picked up a magazine where it had an article by my spiritual master. And he was preaching about you know the senses and trying to engage. It. And he specifically mentioned in this article, you know, about being attracted by music by personalities like David Bowie. <laughs> and I thought, there you go, that's Krishna. You know, of all the things, you know, that you just pick up at that time. You know, so that's the bhakti process that. And, and, you know, we and then we understand that yes, we're endeavouring, and sometimes we get caught out. And we end up like King Pranjana, <laughs> but Krishna, if we're following back yoga, Krishna, he will save us. Yeah, he will protect us if it's accidental. You know, He'll protect us. No. Yeah. So Prabhupada, oh, you have a question? Yeah, okay, in, in, you know. the sec, in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it says, uh, we're contemplating a sense of each so other, one that is a practice for them, you, know. That's what happened so, then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, things like that, which kind of take a mind away, so whatever. So, is it that you need to in the birth and doing let the mind contemplate all of them, so that the change reacts? That's true? right, yes. That. that yeah, that's yeah. right. That, So, the idea, you know, is to, at this point, if Puranjana stops, okay, here's a material intelligence attracting me, stop right there. Don't go any further. Don't contemplate. You know, once a contemplation starts, you you get entangled. Yes, you know, you end up uh, wasting a couple of hours a day, or you can waste the entire life. And unfortunately... um, you know, we do see sometimes devotees. You know, if they allow that, you know, contemplation, they can actually it can spoil their whole devotional life for this whole life. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, so they're, they're stumbling blocks on the path of self-realisation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So always keeping in the fire, Prabhupada says you keep in the fire. Um, and, and despite all the uh, opposing elements if you keep in the fire. Sometimes you when know, I have to light the ghee wig for the sacred fire, it's so windy that I, it's apparently impossible to keep it to light, even for me to get the blessing what to speak to others. So, what I do is I just hold my hand literally just in the fire. And it won't, you know, it, it, even sometimes it goes out for half a second and back reignites. So, always keeping the fire of the association of devotees, always hearing Krishna. And that, that's a protection. And as soon as we step out of that a little bit, as Prabhupada said, Maya is right there. You know, one time, you know, one time a, a devotee was in, uh, I think it was America, and he said, Prabhupada, you know, last night, you know, suddenly the wind came, the window smashed. Is that Maya? And Prabhupada says, why do you think that Maya is just in the window? Everything, Maya is everywhere. As soon as we're in the tentative and chanting, she's exactly there. Today. And he said, as long as you keep chanting and doing your service, my no, can't touch me. You know. So the Prabhupada key,